If a friend asks if she can swing by on short notice, do you spend that short window of time that you have before she arrives? Cramming papers into kitchen cabinets, panic vacuuming, yelling at your kids to pick up their piles of stuff. And then when your friend walks in the door, do you apologize for your home? What if I told you that people don't come to your home to critique the laundry pile or the dirty dishes or the undusted baseboards, that they come to visit with you? And what if being truly hospitable, not clean, not perfect, not Instagram worthy, but hospitable is the antidote to home apologies? Hey there, welcome to Letters to Women. It's a podcast where we embrace and explore what it means to live out the feminine genius in our daily lives as Catholic women. In other words, what does life fully alive as a woman today mean for you? My name is Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Amanda Weeder. Amanda is the creator of Claire and Colette Home. She came on the podcast last summer in a letter to the woman feeling overwhelmed by home decorating, which hands down is the most commented episode of the Letters to Women podcast. I've talked to so many of you about the wisdom that Amanda shared with me last year, and I'm really excited to welcome her back for a conversation on hospitality, which is something that we all get some amazing opportunities to both give and receive in the upcoming holiday season. If you welcome people into your home with an apology for the mess, sister, this letter is for you. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by The Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription box for Catholic women. Each quarter, Erica curates a bunch of fun, unique Catholic items around a spiritual theme. It's really fun to be a subscriber. It's a blessing to the artists, creators, and small businesses whose items get featured. Their fourth quarter boxes are shipping to subscribers this month, and they have a limited number of single boxes available for purchase. I loved unpacking this box after it arrived at my house, and I'm looking forward to using some of the pieces around our home and gifting other pieces to friends and family for Christmas. If you'd like to take a look, visit thelittlecatholicbox.com. You can order a single box directly from their homepage. And while single boxes are currently available, new subscription signups are closed until December. So if you need a great Christmas gift for any Catholic woman in your life, you can hop onto their wait list now so that you have early access when subscriptions are available in December. New subscribers signing up in December will get their first box in February. But if you're thinking about buying these as a gift, Erica is going to send you a personalized Christmas card to either you or the gift recipient with a bonus gift. So there's something tangible that you can and stick under the tree. Get on the wait list at thelittlecatholicbox.com slash LTW to get access to the bonus gift when subscription signups are opened back up in December. And I'll give you a hint. If you're a fellow coffee lover, you're going to love the gift that they're including for Letters to Women listeners exclusively. Okay, let's get started with this conversation with Amanda. I'm welcoming Amanda Weeder of Claire and Colette Home back to the podcast. Amanda is a Midwest mom who shares about home, faith, and family life. She encourages others to forget about having an Insta-worthy home and recognize that their home is worthy. Amanda, welcome to Letters to Women. It's so good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much, Chloe. I am loving being back, and I'm just excited for our conversation today. I came on this podcast last summer, last July, and we talked about what it means to tell the story of your home, to encourage the women who are exhausted or maybe discouraged by home. Home decorating. I'm going to link that podcast in the episodes for today's show notes because it's absolutely wonderful and what I have gone back and listened to so many times. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about hospitality. 
and how that is a gift that we both give and receive with our family, with our friends, which I think is the perfect conversation to have as we gear up for Thanksgiving and then we're starting to prepare our homes for Advent and Christmas. But to start this conversation off, Amanda, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman, especially for the women who are listening who haven't listened to that first episode together and might be meeting you for the first time? Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I converted to Catholicism back in 2009. I come from a non-denominational background, and I just happened to meet this really cute red-headed guy in college um, towards the end of my junior year. So this guy happened to be Catholic and was trying to figure out his whole relationship with God at the same time I was as well. So we were both at a crossroads with our faith. So I'm going to fast forward you here, like way ahead. And we decided to attend together a focus conference in Texas in 2008. And at this time, we were dating. So I went with the intention to disprove this Catholic faith that my boyfriend had. Um, I wanted this to be an opportunity where I could show my boyfriend, who is, spoiler spoiler alert, now my husband, uh, that he was totally brainwashed. This wasn't going to be a religion that I ever wanted to follow and um so yeah that's like the attention i had when i went down there okay so again fast forward lots of conversations were had at this conference and i actually just um by the grace of god left knowing i had to be catholic and that i was truly home and so that's just kind of where my story starts and now um so all in the same year i was baptized confirmed married, had a baby. And uh, so fast forward now, uh, I live in the Midwest with my husband, Matt, and our four children. And yes, they all have red hair. <laughs> oh, that's my, that was the question I was going to ask. That was, that's so fun. <laughs> I know, I know, because sometimes I, I do, I'll go to a store and, and people will say, is, is this your kid? And I'm like, yep. And then the next question is, where does the red come from? And then I go on from there. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. Of the eight siblings, I'm the oldest and three of us have red hair. And I have my fingers crossed that the genetic pool is going to line up just right for me. (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love how much of a plot twist your story is too. Like, all right, I have this plan. I'm going to do these things and convince the boyfriend. And then the Lord swooped in and that was not what the plan was. <laughs> no, yeah, it is just crazy how God just clearly put his, you know, foot on that accelerator and was like, nope, I have a way different plan. And I really was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> and he got just said, yep, until I couldn't deny it anymore kind of thing. Yes, yes. I love that. <laughs> um, I have loved getting to know your story and following you online through Claire and Colette Home over on Instagram and reading about what you write about what you call the dignity of home. I'd love if you could share a little bit more about what dignity of home means. Um, And then as well as the way that caring about what happens under our roof impacts the way that we view hospitality as Catholic women today. Yeah. So dignity of home was a phrase that I just kind of stumbled upon in prayer one day. And if we look at the definition of dignity, it says uh, the dignity the state or quality of being worthy of honor or respect. So when I started my Claire and Colette Home Instagram account, at first it was just going to be an account where I strictly just help people decorate their homes. But for some reason that really didn't sit well with me and then this phrase was going through my mind, dignity of home. I felt that there was a bigger purpose behind this account. 
I wanted to kind of elevate that process of decorating, especially for women, and have them see not only their own work, but what they do in their home is worthy as well, which includes decorating. So Dignity of Home was born out of just a desire to show women and encourage women that what they do in their home matters and is worthy of honor and respect. To take the time to uh, decorate and create a space where your family can feel safe, they can feel nurtured, and just be able to get away from the world is definitely a worthy effort uh, that is needed and I believe underrated. So dignity of home kind of goes against the grain of what maybe society says makes a good home. A good and worthy home, what I believe, I guess, in the world's eyes, might be a huge house with the latest updates. You gotta spend, spend, spend in order to finally have your house become a home. Dignity of home is cheering you on right now in the home you have, encouraging you to decorate your home based on your likes, based on your story, and not of the world's. So when we invite people into our own story, our homes, I think it can have a great impact on the people that walk through the doors of our homes. It can also have an impact on us. I think when we really see our homes for their true purpose, when we can finally view our homes as worthy, we want to use our homes for what they were intended for. And that, per and that and one of those, uh, one purpose is being hospitable. So sharing our story with others, inviting people into our homes to experience community, build friendships, bond, share meals. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Uh, so when we start caring about the things that truly matter and stop worrying so much about maybe the dirty dishes in the sink or how, oh, we haven't finished that project in the entryway, so we couldn't possibly invite anyone over because, oh my gosh, look at our house. Uh, but when we start caring about what could happen in our home, if we decide to let all of those negative thoughts about our home go, it can really change our view on hospitality and possibly change your life and the way you host events. Because we are caring more about the experience we want to provide people versus being so caught up in worrying what people will think of our homes. So we just end up not inviting anyone over. I really love how you're speaking into the rightly ordered approach to home. It's not that your home, the way that it's decorated, the way that it feels, the way that it tells your story doesn't matter because it does. It really does matter. But also rightly ordered within the people coming into your home, their eternal souls, encountering them, creating a space for them to just exist with your family. That matters more. Um or has more weight. And I think that really free, that's a really freeing idea uh, because it gives you this, the space to care, to sincerely care about both, but in that rightly ordered way. Yeah, and definitely. And that's, and that's kind of, you know, the purpose I feel like um, that I have, or the, the purpose I have in that space on Instagram that God is allowing is just to remind women, you know what? No, no one is noticing that you don't have that picture frame up yet. I know you really want it up. And it's, of course, it's worthy. I mean, we're women. We love to nurture, take care. And it's it, what a what a beautiful way to, to show our femininity by caring about how our home looks and, and, and making it beautiful. But, you know, that comes after. We want to encounter that person first. God wants us to encounter the person. And everything else is just kind of like, the icing or the cherry on top, the decoration, um, but they're going to leave remembering you. Yes. You know, we're getting ready to enter into this holiday season. We're recording this mm -hmm. a little bit early in November, but by the time this comes out, it'll be the week before Thanksgiving. And 
Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's going to be coming up pretty quick here. <laughs> Faster than, we, than I'd like sometimes. But that's a season that is full of opportunities to connect with friends and family and really encounter the person. And some listeners might be hosting get-togethers that they've hosted for years. Others are preparing to host family or friends maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a new home. What tips or pieces of advice would you give when it comes to preparing our homes to receive guests well? What does hospitality look like practically within the event itself? Sure. So I think when trying to prepare for any event that you're going to hold in your home, my biggest tip would be to just kind of resist the urge to procrastinate. I think when we are planning to host a dinner or an event at our house, we don't have to make it super elaborate, but if you're hosting for the holidays, the more you can get done before the actual event, the better. I also like delegating responsibility among our own family. So this isn't just you and you alone hosting, it's your whole family, inviting friends and family into your home. Maybe the kid's responsibility is to pick up the living room and their rooms. Maybe your husband can be in charge of a portion of the cooking, So just recognizing that hosting something in your home doesn't just solely rely on your shoulders. You can get the whole family involved and not procrastinating and trying to avoid as many last minute errands as possible can kind of help you prepare well to receive guests in your home. And it will also put you and your mind at ease when the majority of the work is done. I think uh, people avoid hosting at their home because just the thought of it can be a little overwhelming or we just are plain tired, aren't we? I mean, but it it really doesn't take too much to host. You can get as elaborate with the decor as you'd like, or better yet, hosting doesn't even require decor, decor or the perfect tablescape. But as far as what hospitality looks like during the actual event, I don't think there's any one way hospitality can look or feel like to you. But what comes to mind for me, at least, is the word serve. I think being a good host is simply small acts of kindness throughout hosting. You know, the the practical things like asking people if they need their drinks refilled or clearing the plates off the table, engaging in conversations, and just being present while you're hosting, putting away the phone, just allowing yourself to be there to serve your family and friends is just one way of what being hospitable can look like. Yeah, I really like this idea of having your whole family involved and it's your family's mm-hmm. home. And so welcoming people mm-hmm. into it is then a family, a thing that your family does together. And that can also not only, you know, bond you together with your spouse and your kids when it comes to hosting, but also teach your kids the beauty of hospitality in a really practical way versus this is just this thing that mom does with some friends every once in a while. This is this is our family and this is our home. And then, of course, there's just seasons in our lives. If you have really young children you're, you're, you know, you want to get things done. Like, you know, you're not going to have them necessarily (laughs) set the table if they're one or, you know, you're holding a baby. But with the beauty of kids getting older too, what I I am learning, I still consider myself, I have young children, but my oldest is 11. And uh, then my second oldest is, is nine. And it is just such a, it's awesome to be like, Hey, Gavin, can you fill up all the cups and put water on the table? Sophia, can you set the table? Can you make sure, you know, can you microwave this? It's just like, oh yeah, these, these people that I, that, that, uh, I gave birth to can actually <laughs> help me as well. And I don't have to do this all myself. Cause I think sometimes when we think of hosting an event, you immediately think, okay, well, I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's I, 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 when, 
you can grab some other people and it might just be your 11 year old. So it helps to lessen the, the, the stress of it all, I guess. Yes, yes. And I love too this idea of hospitality as service, because I think as as listeners are tuning into this, there are different flavors, for lack of a better word, of hospitality or different ways that say a dinner party would go down in each of our homes because we're welcoming people into a unique home with unique people in it. But I think this idea of service is really core, being able to see like where can, where can I serve? And, and I think really beautifully leaning into that as women when it comes to the feminine genius of, of being sensitive to, oh, this, you know, this person still has their coat on it. And the art of noticing, I think is really beautiful to be able to discover how you specifically live that out in your own home. I was talking to a friend at a party recently, and she shared with me that in French, the word hospitality means in different contexts to both give hospitality, but then also to receive hospitality. We think a lot about the giving of hospitality, and which is beautiful and good, but what does it look like to receive someone's hospitality well? What are some practical ways that we can practice the reception of another person's hospitality as we get ready to enter into the holiday season when we're going into people's homes? Well, I think the first step in receiving someone's hospitality well is just the willingness to accept their invitation to their homes. I think, you know, like I said before, we are all really busy. And I also know for myself, I am a total homebody. So it just seems easier to not go anywhere. I mean, honestly, it just seems easier just to say no. But to offer, like you said, offer hospitality is a gift. To accept someone's hospitality is a gift. Practical ways we can do this is by just saying yes. You just show up. By just going, by making the time for others, saying yes tells that person that you value them enough to spend time with them. And a lot of people just don't have the time we feel busy, we feel overwhelmed, we feel stressed. The holidays in general can be extremely difficult. I mean, for some families, maybe you just lost someone you love. And this is going to be the first Thanksgiving without that family member. But, you know, when we just show up, we say yes, and we take that time for our family and friends, we are showing them our love, but we are also filling our own cups. So we're, we're building that community. We're strengthening that bond over a meal. So while saying no is definitely easier, I think the willingness um, and just and then maybe is just showing just your willingness to show up can make such an impact on yourself that maybe you didn't even know uh, could even be possible. Just the beauty of the gift of the authentic self, too. I know there's been I'm all, I'm also introverted and on days where I am peopled out. Um, it can be really tempting to send a text to a friend who maybe invited us over for dinner or cancel weekend plans with someone. But I think there's something really beautiful in true friendship that a friend has invited you over into a space, into their home where you can just be with them to show up as your authentic self. Like, hey, I'm, I'm here. It's been a really long week. I'm exhausted. Instead of, especially as an introvert, right, that I have to flip that extrovert switch on and be a people person or be 100% right. charged for this evening. But I think it's really beautiful to give the gift of your full self when it oh, yeah. when it is easy because yes I, I'm in the same boat like ah let's just let's just not get together but yeah really showing up oh yeah well and how often times you know you don't really want to go and then because you're just tired it has nothing to do with your friend but you get there and then when you leave you don't regret mm -hmm. going and it ends up being I mean 90% of the time 90 not even that 98% of the time it ends up being just not only a gift for them, but a gift, you know, a real gift for you to allow yourself that time, um, 
you know, to have your kids play together, to just get that adult interaction. So yes. most of the time you won't regret saying yes. You, and, you know, you won't know what you're missing out on, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking too about like giving, giving friends the opportunity to, to practice compassion towards you and your story as well. Like thinking about compassion, meaning to suffer with somebody, especially as you're talking about these holidays that are harder to go into, whether it's a loss or maybe you're in a new a new place. Maybe you moved recently and, and you're just starting out with, with new community and you're grieving the fact that you're not where you used to be. Just letting people come alongside you, I think, is a real gift. Um, yeah, to, to give them that opportunity um, to, yeah, and to ask for help, I think is really beautiful. We have gotten the chance to work together on a new book project. So this this is a book that I've, I've teased a little bit in the podcast, but this is really the first time that I'm sitting down with somebody to talk about the content of it, which is wonderful. I'm so excited Ooh, chatting nice. out with you. This is so fun. So so the book is coming out with Our Sunday Visitor, and it's, it's fingers crossed being published in spring of 2022. And it's about giving and receiving friendship with women in our lives. And and each chapter that is full of like really practical nitty gritty tips on navigating friendship with the women in our lives and living that well. Um, but each chapter opens up with a story from a woman about her experience with friendship with women in our lives. And you shared a story about hospitality. I would love to hear about how receiving the hospitality of other women in your life has helped you grow in authentic friendship. This is something that you wrote about. Um, and then what tip you would give for a woman, maybe she's listening right now and she's nervous to take that next step in friendship and maybe maybe take that next step into hospitality, invite somebody over. Well, first of all, Chloe, congrats on your new book that's coming out. Oh, thank you. I really did. I mean, I feel like this phrase is so overused, but I really was. I'm so honored. I have always wanted to write. And when you asked me to share a story, Um, I was just thrilled. It was really fun to write. And I know it's going to be super impactful for women and help them um, with their friendships. I shared a little, like you mentioned, on my experience with authentic hospitality in the book. And I just think of all the women in my life at varying stages or seasons in my life. And I'm so thankful. They have all had such an impact on my life. And receiving their hospitality has just made me feel less alone. I think because like I mentioned, I I am kind of a homebody. I can feel very content for a long while just being alone and by myself. And while that can be good, I think sometimes it can be a little dangerous uh, because especially for myself when, you know, my my kids were super, super little, uh, I I needed an outlet and, and you need a community. And when I use the word community, I don't mean you need 30 close friends to feel whole. I'm just saying your community could be made up of two really great friends. But my point is, whether you're social or maybe like me a little on the homebody side, we eventually all need these friendships in our lives. And so the women in my life through their hospitality have been just such an example to me and have helped me grow in so many ways by spending time with them. They've helped me grow as a person. They've helped me grow as a mom and they've uh, helped me grow as a friend. They've helped me grow in my faith. And so it's just been uh, just such a blessing in my life. And I think if you're listening right now and you are longing for a friend, you're longing for someone who just gets it, just gets where you're at in your life right now. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable for a bit. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to resist the urge and temptation to say no or to wait for that invite. I always say there are seasons of saying no and there are seasons of saying yes. And if you've said no for a while, 
maybe it's time to allow yourself to be open to the possibility of new friendships. And the only way it's going to happen is by giving your yes to new people. So you got to rip off that bandaid and maybe send that awkward Facebook message or text to someone. I have actually like a quick little story here. I have actually done the awkward Facebook message and I sent it to someone that I didn't even know. Um, I'm going to laugh if she's listening to this, but a friend of mine who is now a good friend of mine, uh, her, she sat down in front of me at mass one day and I literally thought she has really cute hair. And then, and then the next Sunday, their family sat in front of us and I kind of counted her kids and I thought, okay, they're kind of all the same age as my kids. We said, hello. She told me her name. And I thought that night I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to send that Facebook message. And I went, Hey, uh, you know, a friend of mine and we're going to go to the park. If you want to show up at this park at this time, feel free to, I'd love to get to know you more. And she showed up and that, and then, and that was like, almost 10 years ago now, you know? So it's just like, you just never know. And so, you know, just send the message, say, Hey, I was thinking of having you and your kids over for coffee and a play date sometime. What mornings work best for you? And also real quick on that note of inviting others over, we've, we've touched on this before, but so often we feel like hospitality and inviting someone over means that we have to have the perfect home that is clean uh, tidy. And I'm just here to say that's absolutely not true. I, I say this because I used to think this. If you've been holding back and not having someone over because of the way you feel about your home, you're really robbing yourself of what could be a really beautiful friendship for yourself. So we need to maybe understand that having people over doesn't mean we have to go above and beyond with the food, uh, with the cleaning. Uh, because like I said before, what people are really wanting is you and your friendship. And you have to remind yourself that the people you invite over are not going to remember the dishes in the sink or that you didn't have some themed snack for the play date. Uh, they're going to remember how they felt after they left your home. They will remember you. And I just feel like that is so important to remember, especially if you're in a season where you're looking for friends and you're needing a community of women to help you out. Um, so, yeah, so I, I guess that is just just to encourage women just to make that first step. I think we really sometimes wait for the invite. We kind of prejudge other women a little bit and think, oh, they don't want to be friends with me. And it's just not true. Yes, this idea of stepping out of the comfort zone that's required, especially I think as a, I, this could be the case for extroverts as well. I'm not an extrovert, so I'm just speaking to this from my experience as the introvert but I am the worst at waiting for the invite and the worst at being the one who reaches out. And I can think of a couple of women in my life right now who I really would love to get to know more, but I think I'm waiting on them to reach out and have that connection be be mutual. And I think, yeah, this is the really good piece of encouragement to just send that awkward text and, and see what happens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it's like the consensus is no one likes small talk. We've all, we all decide, yeah, no one likes small talk. So, you know, that person is feeling awkward too. And you just never know. You might hit it off. You might not, but you don't know until you just decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to say hi. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is encouraging for me. This is very hopeful. Thank you for sharing. Well, like I said, I'm only, I can only speak of it because it's, it's from experience of putting myself in a lot of awkward situations. (laughs) (laughs) This is encouraging. I will probably put myself in some awkward situations after this, after this episode. So I'm glad I'm not the only. (laughs) (laughs) I will. (laughs) Okay. So in the story that you share, 
in this book, which I'm really excited for women to, to get to read, the line that struck me is hospitality is a way of life. And I think a lot of times when we think about hospitality um, in the way that we receive people coming into our homes at an event or at a play date, or we think about the way we've been received in other people's homes, I would love to hear you share about how we can grow in hospitality towards the people who live in our homes and what it really means to live hospitality as a way of life. So I think this one is tough, right? It's so hard to show hospitality to the ones that we love the most and that are closest to us. However, um, again, that word comes back to mind. Hospitality and to serve kind of go hand in hand. So the word that comes to my mind is serve again. I think when we think of a good hostess, you know, we do. We think of people who are very attentive. They notice when someone needs a refill, you just get the sense this person wants to take care of you. And I want my kids and I want my husband to feel that way too. And it's not always easy. So I think, first of all, we have to pray for the desire to want to grow in hospitality within our own four walls. I'm going to need some help from God with this because You know, when it comes to the people that we love the most and that we're the closest to, our husband and our kids, I think, you know, I do think Satan likes to to cause a lot of divisions. We need to pray for the desire to want to grow in hospitality, pray for the desire to want to grow to serve our family well. So I once read somewhere, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember where it's from, so this is not from me, but I have read before that hospitality is love in action. So hospitality is love in action. So hospitality and the act of hospitality is just this visible, tangible way of seeing love in action. And so I hope when my kids see me make a meal for them, that they feel loved. I mean, they may not eat it, but I hope they feel loved. (laughs) So these, these different actions or ways we serve our family and our homes it is just an opportunity to grow in hospitality and love for our families. I think too, when I think about the friends that I have, the women who have invited me into their homes, that I have really been able to be myself on good days and bad days. It's the women who I know they're inviting me into a way of life that it looks like that in their home, whether I'm there or not. It's not this facade that they put up. Oh, we have company over, so we better act like we love each other. But it's me Mm -hmm. entering into the way that they love their family and their friends. And you can tell a difference because it's, it's just, it's so authentically them. And that's just, it puts me at ease as the one who is receiving hospitality. Yeah, to know that whether I was over there on Wednesday morning for coffee or not, she would still be there serving her family. Um, that's just a really yeah. yeah a beautiful gift to give your family and then also the friends who enter into that family environment. And it really is. Yeah, it is the best. It's the best when you can, you know, find find those few friends that you really can just be your, you know, your yourself with. And, you know, that's why, again, going back what we just talked about, that's why I really do think it's so important that people get out of their comfort zones because you really you you that you owe that to yourself, you know, to have that kind of community and that friendship. I have loved following Claire and Colette Home on Instagram because I've loved seeing it grow, see Dignity of Home really flourish and this idea mm-hmm. as something that has been developed as you share about your home. But I also love following it because I love seeing how you inspire others to decorate their own home. So as we're getting ready to go into the season of Advent and winter and then Christmas will be here, what are some of your favorite 
ways to decorate or things that maybe that you would encourage people to keep in mind as they're looking at their own homes. And then, yeah, maybe share what is something that you do in your own home during the winter months that that you love doing. Yeah, well, gosh, it's like Advent and Christmas. Those are the big, those are the big ones, right? Like, and then Easter. So there's just, there's so much out there that we can do during the Advent and the Christmas season. And as far as decorating goes or tips, I I say you just got to do what you are comfortable Mm -hmm. with and not what you think you should be doing or should be decorating to simply just kind of go through the motions of the season. I think especially for Advent, there are a lot of activities you can do with your family and just know you don't have to do it all. If you're looking for a new tradition, try it out. If it's not working for your family, just move on and try something else. Over the years, I've kind of had to learn this the hard way when I was just doing too much. And then you lose the main focus of the season. And so I just kind of gave myself permission to keep the decorating simple and our tradition simple. And so an example of keeping things simple for Advent, we make a paper chain. And on each piece of paper, our family comes up with something to pray for or an activity each day of Advent. And then it kind of doubles as a decoration because I usually will wrap the chain around our dining room light. And so just, I just decided, yeah, I, I guess, I guess it just depends on your personality too, because you know, my going all out for Christmas is not going to be going all out for someone else. And so you just have to really understand yourself and, and not kind of scroll through Instagram and think, okay, this, like, that's the image that I need my living room to look like because if it's not really you, if you're not really into decorating all that much, but you do want something, um, you're going to be pretty overwhelmed really quickly with the season because you can do so much. Um, but if you are just overwhelmed by the thought of decorating and you don't know where to start, I also find it's easier to start, uh, to start kind of decorating for the holidays when you have a clean slate. So if time allows it, and you're in the mood, I'd say try and clean the house before decorating for the holidays, even Advent. I maybe, uh, another tip I have was, is maybe pick a theme or a color of the season to decorate in. So Advent, we think of dark purple, we think of pink. So maybe you just kind of start there. Like, okay, I, I really love like a, a dark purple. So maybe if you decide you want to put up your tree and then you just decorate it in an all purple, it's something that's simple. It's a really easy tradition that you could decorate your tree in all purple. And then maybe when the Christmas season starts, you decorate it in all Christmas um, decorations. So I think um, also I have written down, take inventory of your decorations and what you already have. So you're not purchasing the same items over the years and saving yourself some money. I think I've bought so much like black velvet ribbon um, because I get too excited. And then it's like I have three rolls of black velvet ribbon that I didn't, I didn't even know I had. So maybe just like looking at yourself is a really, it seems like, well, duh, Amanda, that's pretty obvious, but it's not obvious to me. I don't think to look at my own stuff. I get so excited that I just get on Amazon and I'm ordering black velvet ribbon because I want that. Um, So, uh, Oh, I was going to say also just decorate from a place of joy and because you want to. And if the only decoration you want to put up this holiday season is like, I don't know, a nativity and nothing else, know that that is still beautiful and it's still worthy that 
and that you're being your authentic self by not just decorating because, oh, it's that time of the year again, so got to bust out everything. And, you know, depending on what's going on in your life, just it's fine. Just don't, you know, if you didn't get to the Advent wreath and you didn't get to the candle that night, you're not a terrible Catholic mother. You move on and you just try again the next day. And even, you know, you just, that's all I got to say is just try again and move on. And you're not a bad Catholic mother if you aren't doing four different Advent activities at the same time. Staying true to who you are and what you were putting in your home each year is just, I don't know, a great way of continuing to telling your your, your home story. Um, but I'm trying to think, you know, I, I really do. I, I keep it pretty simple just because I... I like to say less is more, but I'm probably just a little bit on the lazy side, to be honest with you. And I don't want to have to put that all away. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, so that's um, like nothing earth shattering, I'm sure. But uh, those are my tips. <laughs> I think they're super helpful. I like this freedom of trying something. And if it's not a good fit, that's okay. Because I think the temptation is, like you said, quote, unquote, air quotes, but the good Catholic mom does fill in the blank advent tradition or christmas eve thing or christmas morning thing and i think it it is tempting especially when it comes to social media but even things like listening to podcasts or reading a book about how someone else celebrates the season it's tempting to say all of these things must be incorporated into the way that we celebrate christmas and then you're left with a bunch of other people's traditions that don't fit but gosh dang it that's what i'm supposed to do and there's no there's no joy in that there it's just a miserable Yeah, exactly. And I, I just have, I have been so there. I remember being pregnant with our third child and I didn't get to, you know, I was trying to fit in the Jesse tree. I was trying to say a prayer around the Advent wreath. I was trying to make dinner and trying to do Christmas cookies all in the same evening. And I was crying. I just started crying because I was like, we didn't get to this. And I had this like romanticized version of what that night, you know, was supposed to look like on Christmas Eve. And it was just like, oh my goodness gracious, you know, the answer to this is just to, to simply let that stuff go. You can't, if you can't do it all, it's just, it really isn't. It's not a big deal. And so we actually dropped the, the Jesse tree only because I was really overwhelmed and I just needed a little bit less. And, and it's okay. Everyone has their own threshold for what they can handle. The same goes with decorating. Everyone has their threshold and you just have to know yourself. Some people can, you know, go all out and some people can't and it's both okay it's both needed and it, it, I, I really do I have so much more joy now when I look at other mothers that kind of quote-unquote seem like they, they can do all the activities and do all the stuff I think that's awesome but I also think it's awesome if you can't do everything either so mm, yeah yeah I think that knowing that part of your story or knowing yeah knowing the story that you tell with your home knowing your own story and your own background and and the way that, that you serve your family really just frees you up to be able to look at things and say, that's beautiful for you, but that's not for me. And that's just so freeing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I would I would love to share with listeners where they can find you online um, and continue to get to know you after our episode together, as, as especially as we're getting ready to, to enter into Advent, where to follow you and, and continue to, yes. yeah, to get to know you. Yeah. Yeah, so I just love this time of year. So yeah, so hopefully I'll be having some hopefully inspiring <laughs> Advent content. And if not, I am sorry. But the, so the best place to find me is probably just my Instagram account, which is Claire and Colette Home. And you can also uh, email me at Claire and Colette Home at gmail.com. 
Beautiful. I have loved asking this question to you last summer, so I'm excited to hear your answer to it today. It's this last question that I use to wrap up every podcast episode, and it's this one. How do you, Amanda, live out the feminine genius in your daily life, especially as a woman who's passionate about sharing the beauty of your faith and family life and the dignity of our homes? So I like to think that I live out my feminine genius by just encouraging other women to be authentically themselves especially when it comes to the home. I think through many years of just social media, we have, as women, have this kind of skewed idea of what our home should look like and be. And I just like to tear down those stereotypes Mm -hmm. and just encourage women that God has already given them a gift to know what's best in their home and what their home should look like and kind of redefine our purpose for decorating our homes. And I just believe that purpose is to create a sanctuary of sorts that ultimately will help us uh, as a family get to heaven. And so I just hope, uh, like I said, that's just, I guess, a way or how I feel I can try to live it out in my daily life. You're hidden out of the park. After following you in our conversation last summer, I just have been insanely encouraged by what you share about Dignity of Home. And it it has transformed my home decorating on a as I change out the seasons or, or things like that, even as I'm looking at, yeah, just day-to-day things that it comes to making my house a home. There's many things that you've said that have stuck with me and have made, have made it so much less of a stressful or a or something that I consider a burden because of, yeah, the way that you have reframed the way that I think about my home and the way it tells our story. So thank you for living your feminine genius out that way. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Chloe. And just praise be to God, really. So yes. Amen, amen. Well, thanks for coming on the show again. This was delightful. I love sitting down and getting to talk with you this evening. Yeah, you too. Anytime. I mean, anytime you want to talk about anything, I am here. I love it. Uh, You do. I just, I love your podcast and you do such a great job. So thanks so much for having me on here today. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Letters to Women podcast. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Amanda over at letterstowomenpodcast.com or just scroll down to browse through links to check out the resources that we mentioned in today's show, like a link to listen to the first time Amanda was on the Letters to Women podcast and how to follow her on social media. You'll also find a link to browse the little Catholic box and discover the exclusive bonus gift that they have for you as a Letters to Women listener. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you know a friend who would love this conversation with Amanda, could you share this episode with her today? Check out all the behind the scenes info over at my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast. I love diving into more of the topics covered in the podcast episodes and sharing quotes from the show over there. And I also love talking with you in the comments. Say a prayer for me. I have one more week of edits on this new book project that Amanda and I talked about in today's podcast. The book is called Sisterhood, Giving and Receiving the Gift of Feminine Friendship. And fingers crossed the supply chain doesn't fall apart and the amount of coffee that I'm drinking doesn't fail me. Um, it'll be in your hands this spring. So say a prayer for me. I'm excited to share this book for you. It's a practical nitty gritty guide to friendship with women. So we're talking about everything from how to know what makes a good friend good, how to take those surface level small talk conversations deeper with the women who you know and love, and even sticky subjects like accepting and giving corrections in a kind and compassionate way and how to end a friendship with dignity. I can't wait to share more about this book in upcoming episodes, but that is all I have for today's episode. So I hope your Thanksgiving is peaceful to both you and yours. And until next time, be not afraid. 